0: Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at Remax Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at Remax
1: Advantage Plus.
0: Hello,
2: hello.
1: Oh, sorry. I'm just filling out my resume. According to the news, I need a new job. You're <laughs> <We're>
0: not kidding. <laughs>
1: it's not That's like what it's
0: like I was can anyone think for themselves nowadays, or is it all about clicks and links and, I mean, it's just a freaking, it's it's a joke. I mean, every day has to be some sort of disaster, otherwise people can't uh, live, and it's craziness.
1: Right. Well, you know, and then we all seem to have all these different, um, you know, things. So, here's what I think is funny. In the old days, there used to be, you know, the old, what was it, the star and then it was a star tribute, and then it was the, and you'd all go to the newspaper for your for your news, and then came TV, and then all of a sudden everybody would just watch TV for their source of information. Now you basically can pick whatever non credible source you want, and because it's in print or it's in front of you and it has graphics, we believe it. It's it's absolutely amazing the the BS that people fall for. Yeah, and and yeah, you yeah. go down those rabbit holes where it's like this is all that machine learning where when they know you click on conspiracy theories. Watch out, because here comes the news that you're gonna be buried in your bunker in about twenty minutes.
0: <laughs> or, or you have to do your resumes when you're supposed to be on a podcast, right? You
1: know, well, you know, I mean, hey, th- this business is not. I mean, I get it when it's when into the business is booming. Um, that that's when our industry just expands like beyond belief because everything's it's easy, and then all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh, I really don't have a business plan, and then the the it contracts. And they don't have any business and they go out of business. And it's like, for us, I think this is a time where the consumers, when it's slower, get the best agents with the best service because you're getting the best of the best. You're, you're not you're not getting stuck with whoever you clicked on, you know, Zillow, for an example, and whoever shows up, it's 99% of the time, a brand new agent that doesn't know how to tie his shoes or his her shoes. And, you know, and you're just like at the mercy of whoever they send out.
0: Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's also agents are trying to do something that They probably don't even think that it doesn't work. It's tried and true, and in the past doesn't work. And they keep trying, and they try to redo it just to kind of show that seller or that buyer that, oh my gosh, look at all this work I'm doing. I'm now sending postcards out to the neighborhood you want. Okay, (laughs) that's that's great. That works. You know, oh, oh, I'm gonna contact every you know agent that's ever showed a house in the four hundred thousand dollar price range. No, you're not. You don't do that. You can't do that, and right. and people are trying it, and it's kind of like, you know, ultimately, you got it's what you put in the MLS and what you're what you're putting out there and reaching because that MLS shoots everywhere. I mean, it goes to everything that you could possibly want, and so everyone coming in and thinking they have these new little tricks and new little whatever's, you know, that's not what it is. It's it's thinking about how am i going to market this to the right person that's going to purchase it at this time when there's not a lot of people purchasing how do right. we do it how do we get them how do we show value you right. know i, I mean agree. hey we're going to do a an interest rate buy down for you oh boy that's it that's very inventive of you you know it's just i just think that everyone has gotten just so crazy and it it kind of goes back like- to the, The clicks, you know, I have to have likes and I have to love this and I have to do this and I have to go click into this one because that's going to tell me that President Trump was the worst president in the history of the world. He's going to bomb Russia, bomb whatever. I mean, it's or hey, Biden's a
1: loser, you know, whatever it is. It's just so stupid. Uh, I can almost guess which one you'd click on, but that's okay. We'll keep moving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. But I don't know. I think to me, I
0: just think that we all need to just kind of take a little breath and the world's not ending. We're not, I don't think it is. Um, It's not ending. We're not going to go, I mean, this market, I mean, just think common sense wise, okay? I mean, how many houses on the market, how many people are really missing payments? We're going to talk about realtors, missing payments, small businesses, missing payments and all that kind of stuff today which is kind of reality. But I mean, when you go back to it and you're, what are you going to do? You're going to pay for your home. You're not going to pay the other things out there that you're supposed to be doing that you're, that you're not doing. yeah, that's going to hurt the economy. But I mean, everyone's mortgage, Andy, how many people, I mean, do you know that has a mortgage other, other than if they bought a house in the last six months, that's not at or around 3%,
1: right? Everyone I, I'm that. not because I, I only have like eight years left on my mortgage, but I, I left mine at 4.75 and everybody's like, Oh my God, that's ridiculous. You should refi. And I'm like, by the time I add in the cost of refi, or I do a no cost refi, you're, you're right back to where you were. So it's yeah. like, it just, it's crazy. It blows my mind. There, there's a mentality of living in the moment versus living in, the, in life. Right. And it's like in the big picture of life, you got to learn to pay things off. You should not buy things you can't afford. You know, I mean, it's just, it's kind of simple, basic old man, you know, listen to your grandpa or your grandma, right? And and they'll tell you this stuff. It's like, I never bought anything I couldn't afford. I, I you know, the, the, I was, I was laughing at the grandparents. They're like, oh, they used to eat soup and crackers and, and they drove an old car and then they died with $7 million in the bank. You <laughs> uh, yeah. And, on, and you though. know, but it's like, yeah, go yeah. ahead. I oh, just going to no, say it's a, it's a mind frame, right? It's, it's, they lived within their means and they always felt safe because they didn't extend themselves. They didn't live beyond their means. They were, you know, not so like worried about the superficial lifestyle that a lot of people subscribe to of having the new cars and the big fancy houses and the penthouse suite. And they just, they're like, Hey, we're good people. We take care of our family and we're secure.
2: You guys are basically talking about information warfare. So many different things to get your attention, to get clicks and whatnot. So let me ask you, um, I've been obviously in Thailand almost a week now. I've been talking to oh, the yeah. locals. And, you know, before this Internet came about and all this information, they they believed the king was a living divine god. And uh, the country was, like, totally brainwashed. Um, even to this day, you can't say anything bad about the king or you go to prison. So I'm not saying anything bad about him. But uh, so where do, you, where do you think the balance is then? I mean, do you want to be underneath this when some guy says, you know, go this way right. and there's only this sort of news? Or do you want all these crazy news outlets well, that it, you got to find it? the truth yourself.
1: Right. That's how you control people information, right? Think about that. If the only information you ever get is that the King is actually a God, you probably grew up thinking that they're a God, you know, just like, you know, you've got North Korea and you've got that Kim Jong Dung dong or whatever his name is. And, and I say that jokingly, cause I think he's a ding dong. Um, but his situation is where they think he, he doesn't poop. He's a unicorn and a, and a magic wizard. And it's like, I'm like, come on guys. I don't, I don't care how even growing up, you know, you you even grew up with certain religions and you start going, well, is this, is this really real? Or is this, you know, is this situate this story I'm reading real? Is this, and and so you question things, but when you don't have any other information, then, Hey, the sun comes up and the sun goes down. You, it's what you live with. Right.
0: Knowledge is power. There's no question about that.
1: How well, tell us a little bit now that you teased us. How is the like the scenery there?
2: It's it's amazing, amazing. And uh, like I was getting full meals with like a beer for two dollars, um, very cheap, cheaper, way cheaper than I'd say cheaper than Brazil for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's safe too. But it's when I say the city I'm in is like uh Las Vegas with no filter, it's like devil's paradise. It is crazy like it's it's almost too much like uh i dev i stay away from the, the crazy area oh
1: my yeah. it must be really crazy then yeah you, stay away, oh you can God. hear yeah. you can hear chris booking a ticket as we peek <laughs> <laughs> huh. i should go yeah, I've,
2: I've seen things here I've, i never thought i'd see so it's but it's beautiful like there's so many beaches and again cost of living is amazing and the people are super nice so friendly and safe
1: oh cool well that's good We'd like you to see uh, posts and pictures here and there, right? Of course. Us old guys um, living vicariously through, through you.
2: Let's uh, oh. let's hit on these stats though, because they are worrisome. We'll um, get into the first right. one. The 37% of uh, real estate agents haven't paid their rent, but we got to get uh, a little closer here. That's the normal
1: people. market. <laughs> cool. All right, uh, next Hopefully. month I got a commission, I swear boss. <laughs>
0: Let's do a little background on that, though. I mean, I don't know if most people know, but typically realtors um, pay to work. And so they pay to have a broker, which affords them higher commissions, but they usually have to pay some sort of rent, whether it's for the office, copier machine, the the even the ability to work there. And uh, this is saying that 37% of the real estate agents in the U.S. couldn't afford to pay their rent in October. Not the company couldn't pay their rent, but that... The agent uh, was unable to pay their rent, and uh, a third of the people. This is one of those examples to me that is they can't uh, afford. You know, there's certain things they can't afford, and we'll just let that kind of go, because the the broker is going to end up getting it anyways. Once they sell a house, they're going to get their money. Right. But um, I, I'd be curious to see what the accounts receivable are for agents on past rent, regardless.
1: Okay. And did you see that article? If you read, it would kind of pass us quick, but that was only a 10% increase from September. Yeah. So that's only like 3.7% more from September of, of agents. So it's like notoriously when the market slows down, it started slowing down in June and they probably had a couple months of reserves and they were spending every dollar they had extra on to try to generate leads, buying leads off the internet, Zillow, whatever. So all the, again, I'm just going to reemphasize this. If you're a consumer watching this and you go online, you are basically entering into a shark tank mm-hmm. and, and you are, are clicking away and trying to get information. That information then is all absorbed, recorded. You're put on, you know, there, there's all kinds of ways that we can buy that information as an agent if you want to. And then you get sold off to some team that wants to pay the most money for that quote, internet lead and that information. So what ends up happening is all of a sudden you're going to get a click and you book a showing and weird, That's showing, like, again, most teams that have people running internet leads, generally, not always, but generally they're newer because they don't have any other existing business. So they'll run internet leads, quote, appointments that are booked online. And so you're not getting that experienced agent again, but it's, anyway.
0: Yeah. 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 I think it's uh, interesting. I know the next one that we have is not just agents, but it's uh, small restaurant businesses, you know. Mm -hmm. Over nearly half, half of them couldn't pay their rent in October. But I mean, I don't know, Andy, if you've got-
1: Is that nationwide?
0: Yeah. I don't know if you have been, um, I mean, just again, jumped by 7%, but I mean, that's real. But I don't know if you've gone out for lunch lately um, and and brought someone else. I mean, it's not 25 or 30 bucks anymore. It's 50. I mean, prices have just gotten insane. In, you you can't even
1: you can't even go to Arby's anymore for under 20 bucks for lunch. Really? It, it is insane. And it that's the problem that you're running into is that a lot of my clients that are entrepreneurs that have interests in restaurants and, and whatever, they're all saying that their food costs are out of control. Yeah. Well, Andy,
0: a Andy, four roast beefs for lunch is a lot. I mean, four roast beef sandwiches. I don't
1: remember what they get. The Big Montana, I think, is the one that resembles us. <laughs> it's like this. Oh my God. It is, you know, Hey, if you, if you don't mind getting a little chubby, what a great sandwich. I mean, it is just amazing.
0: Well, I think what's interesting too. I see a lot of this is when, when things are kind of rough and it's not looking that great. I think that's when a lot of people spend money, you know, they're trying to feel good uh, about themselves. I know in my own case, I look at myself and I'm like, I usually never spend money as I'm making. I mean, I'm always kind of going and just kind of keep going. And then yep. all of a sudden it slows down a little and it's like, oh, let's go spend some money, you know, because it's like, oh, that'll make me feel a little better and uh, yeah. we'll kind of move on. But I think well, a lot how of- was it yeah.
1: during, during the Great Depression, they talked about it was steakhouses and liquor stores did just fine. And people still would treat themselves when they wanted to go out. They'd only go out for the best because they can eat crap at home. But I think nowadays, a lot of people just look at it as being a service. You know, like the, I order whatever app and they bring my food to my house and it's cold and soggy and they still eat it and they still pay 50 bucks, you know, to get it. It's just, we're different. It's like, you know, we don't, I don't know. I think COVID was one of the best things that, you know, for home cooking and, and understanding, you know, hey, we can do stuff ourselves. A lot of people learned how to cook during COVID. And um, if that was a positive thing to come out of there, right?
0: And you get to hang with your family more. That was one good thing. Yep. And the other good thing was, is that you don't, have closings with buyers and sellers in the same room anymore yeah. other than that COVID was a bunch of crap yeah so scam that's what i say so oh uh,
1: <laughs>
0: how do you really feel today oh can we even say that oh my god that's right we can't say that on
1: no, we can't can. we don't on. believe in the king of america oh, wait a minute goodness. or we okay. get killed
2: it's okay hey let's get into the next one though we forgot to do andy's commercial uh last week so we'll throw this on there andy do you want to do it or
1: go ahead i don't yeah i'm good
0: chris <laughs> not today i'm a little too feisty today let's...
1: well they said i could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad andy Prasky, remax advantage plus andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, REMAX Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show. Ah.
0: Andy, how much experience?
1: I don't know. I, don't, many, I can't. How many years has it been? Um, twenty three. Twenty three. I, I was told though, it doesn't matter if you're over fifteen. It the the impact is zero to say. And actually, when you start saying it's over twenty, people start like when you say thirty, people start going, "Oh, is he too old?" Right?
0: Thirty two. Thirty two. They they would be right. He is too old. But I'll tell you what. They're too old. I totally. I totally disagree with that statement. I've learned a ton after being. 15 years in the business.
1: Yeah. So. Well, I think that, I think, yeah, funny. And uh, the other thing, Chris, is like, what I'd say about yourself is that you're still active. You're, you're still doing purchases. You're doing flips. You're doing whatever on your own. So it's like, you're, you're probably the most relevant option for people that are looking for stuff like that. So it's like, to me, it's like, I would want somebody that's in the game. And that's that's the difference. There, there are, you know, t- go back to real estate agents for just a second. There's a lot of real estate agents that preach and this is what you need to do. And this is how you do it. And they don't actually do any real estate themselves. I'm a little bit scared of those agents because they're going off of hearsay. They're, they've are they never been in the trenches. They've never actually worked with a client in a situation like, you know, some of the things happening today. And so why, why would you hire somebody that, you know, I don't know, pawns you off, if you will, right? So I look at it like, hey, you know, agents that are owner operators and they're actually still out there performing, right? Being a producing Team leader, or whatever you want to call it, that's different. I, I, I don't know.
0: I just had a conversation like that uh, yesterday, Andy, with an agent, kind of a beginning agent, first year, year, two years in the business, and yeah. uh, we're just talking about a, a bunch of different things, trying to, trying to, kind of get some experience out of me to kind of lend to them to be able to use on their clients, mm-hmm. and uh, it is interesting from someone who probably hasn't sold that many houses or maybe just got into home ownership to be able to tell people what it's like and to be really be able to to counsel them or hey this is a good investment it's not a good investment it's kind of like how how would you possibly even know if it is or isn't you've never you've never done it you know kind of thing so I think that's uh it is hard for a beginning agents. And I think sometimes what you got to do from a, a beginner is you got to talk to the people that have been doing it for a long time, try to learn from them and try to take something from that. And, uh, you know, offer that to your clients from a, maybe a third person perspective versus like what you do. Cause everyone wants to be all like, I'm super smart. Why can't you just say, you know what? I have another client. And this is what they do. And they've bought multiple rental properties and done this. And they say this versus, hey, you're stupid. You don't know what you're doing. You think it's uh, uh, a bad idea to be able to invest. And you look at me like, hey, how does this kid even know anything? Put it on to somebody else. And then it kind of makes a little more sense.
1: Yeah, everybody adds value. You just need to be able to demonstrate that value. So as a new agent, is your value that you can be un- undisturbed and completely dedicated to their best interests yeah. and have a plethora of resources to go tap into when anything comes their way and and, and I also say with a new agent they they cannot fail because you can't have your first client be a, a failure. you have yeah. to have success stories, right so you you essentially I'm not afraid of new agents if they have the right resources around them and the right you know um, you know uh, commitment if you will and uh, and then there's you know obviously everything in between but yeah
0: it's hard. It's very hard for a new agent to break into this business. It was very hard for me, and I had my mom and dad in the business, you know, to, to be able to help me along. And uh, it's just a, it's it's not easy because people don't want to just put their greatest investment in anyone's hands. You know, right. they gotta, you gotta put someone in charge that kind of can help them and navigate through it. We can all find stuff on the internet, but it's how is that applied? That information that you see on the internet, how do you apply it to a negotiation strategy? How to set your house up for sale? How to create value uh, on your property? You know, there's a lot of different things. What makes my house better than the other houses? You know, you have to go look at houses to know that stuff. True. So, so anyways.
1: I'm glad you got that off your chest, Chris. I know. I know.
0: I'm moving, so. All right, what do we what do we do? Do we talk about uh, everything?
1: You see the banner?
2: Who is the largest landowner in Minnesota? I'm curious to see if you guys can
1: get Ooh, this. I bet I would guess. You want me to guess, or how do you want to do this? Governor Waltz. <laughs> I would say potlatch. The the Potlatch uh, the Potlatch or uh, Louisiana Pacific lumber companies. Oh they make up in northern Minnesota, they make that LP smart side out of all that poplar and Aspen and whatever. And there's there's a ton of companies that make chipboard up there or, or OSB. Um, there's
0: a Genio Turkey. <laughs> what about them? No? <laughs> oh, a Molpus Woodlands Group. Well, 286,000. Timber Supply, Andrew.
1: Yep. Good boy.
0: Their site yeah. says they'll work with individual nurses Wow. 286,000 acres. That's, That's not crazy. bad. Uh, now I gotta now I gotta Google something. How many acres in Minnesota? What do we got? Uh, what do you guys think we got? How many acres do you think we have?
1: Oh man, I wouldn't even know how to guess that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> acres
0: operated.
1: It'd be it'd be by the section. It'd be you know like thousands of sections. I would assume.
0: Yeah. yeah I don't and a section.
1: Know. What is it? A section is a five forty.
0: Can you imagine 286,000 acres though? I
1: mean, uh, you want to live by yourself, that's what you buy. And you live right in the middle. Yeah, exactly.
0: Huh. Interesting. You know though,
1: if you go out, if you go out west and you you head out to like there was um years ago when I was right out of college worked for a lumber wholesaler and they sent us out to see the Pacific Lumber Company, also known as Palco, and we flew out there, we were up in Eureka, California. And they owned millions of acres of land of, you know, Redwood forests and and everything else. And it was interesting how these guys, they had their own town because where they had all these workers, they had, you know, no way to, they had their own general stores, they had their own uh, medical center, they had their own grocery stores, they had their own insurance companies, and you could use their money. So back in the day, talk about Bitcoin, these guys had Palco dollars and you could actually, you'd earn Palco dollars you could go spend them at the Palco stores, and you'd buy their goods, and there was all this thing be exchange happening with, without taxation. It was kind of the bug, the best barter system I've ever seen. And uh, anyway, hey Andy, yeah. did you
2: see? Did you see FTX collapsed, the second largest no. exchange? Yeah, wow. this guy he was, he was like the golden boy, and they lost. Uh, well, he had he was worth twenty billion, and now he's worth nothing. Like through after one day, insolvent. Yeah, that he ran out with a lot of it, and there's a lot of drama going on. But uh, one of the biggest exchanges that was on MLB umpires' the uh, jersey or the, yeah. the the stuff they were, they had their thing on there. You know, FTX Arena is Miami yeah. Heat's arena. They they were huge, and they just went like
1: overnight. You you would have think those guys would have diversified a little bit, you know.
0: Yeah. Hey, just so you guys know, that company that owns all that land in Minnesota. That's more land than we have parkland in Minnesota. And we have a ton of parkland. To yeah.
1: How old is that company? We have more, like, wait a minute, day? we have more profit land than we have? We have
0: There's 239,000 acres of state parks and rec areas in Minnesota. And that guy owns 286,000. That company owns 286,000 acres.
1: Who, what is their, what is, their uh, is, it, is it like, some of the bigger lumber brands we've heard before, who did they have? What brands do they own? Like Warehouser, Potlatch. I mean, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah. no. Idea. They must
1: be like a, a capital collective and, and then they own a bunch of, you know, conglomerates or whatever you call that. Perfect. Interesting stuff though, guys. I mean, you do, you will see like, um, I, I always have my ears open and they'll have these auctions in Northern Minnesota where, you know, it'll be 80 acres of prime forest and they're selling it but it's landlocked and, and you have to go over like uh, a river and through the woods to get there. And it's like, you need to attain easements and things like that to get your own land. And it's like, it just blows my mind. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Be fun for hunting land though. You know what I mean?
0: Do you, you know how many acres of state forest we have?
1: No, no, I don't dad.
0: 3,169,000. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's you look at.
0: Look at your little question did, Nick. We're just getting super smart now.
2: That's a good thing to tell uh, buyers, you know, or, or sellers. Just a fun fact. You know, we have loves his
0: numbers.
1: Yeah, I, I know, but I'm full right now. I don't have any room for stuff like this. So <laughs> uh, capacity, I uh, uh. Uh, I got some fun.
2: I got some fun stuff coming up here. So let's uh, do another commercial. Chris Rooney Home Experts.
0: I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23 year old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I find- <laughs> <laughs> this is good. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Do that again. We'll, we'll read it. It's just a little kid. Look, looking very <laughs> when your friend starts driving at 150 miles an hour and says i should have sold bro he's he's probably lost quite a bit of money um because he didn't take advantage of that crazy that crazy market that, that's that guy that's
1: on the internet though he's not a kid he's actually an adult yeah, he's like 19 yeah yeah and he like he, he slaps all these like professional wrestlers in the face and stuff and like because people think he's a little kid so he walks up to people and just smacks them and he, isn't he Hungarian or something like that, Nick?
2: Show that again. He's from uh, some like village in Russia, like in the okay. outskirts.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: That kid's 19 years old.
1: Yes. Yes. He <laughs> hangs out. They show him in. They show him in nightclubs, drinking martinis and stuff, smoking cigars. Swear <laughs> <laughs> to oh God, I mean,
0: I've never seen this kid.
1: You You will now. Oh my gosh. Oh, jeez. All
0: right. right. Things to ask yourself before getting your real estate license. Are you good at talking to people? Do you enjoy roller coasters? What's your favorite liquor? (laughs) That is good. I'll tell you what. I think this is what I believe is that uh, I've I've been, I've seen a lot of realtors come from a lot of different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. big, tall, small, short, whatever. Um, And where I have felt that I've seen the people that have, um, I don't know, kind of the the skills are people that were in the service industry, like a, a bartender or a waitress or, you know, did some sort of um, customer service type things. I just yeah. think they have a, it's, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I was a bartender and a waiter. And if I didn't uh, attract many different people, I wasn't going to get tipped very well. So you had to learn how to deal with different people. And even though you don't typically work with a lot of people that aren't like you because you typically attract each other, but on the other side of the transaction, you will. And uh, you have to be able to get along with those people because you're the conduit, you know, between the, the, your client and, say, the seller or the buyer. And the way you act and, you know, uh, put yourself out there is what they're going to think of your client. So you got to do you got to do right by them true bank
1: of america is giving out loans right now with zero down payment zero closing costs and no mortgage insurance that means people are going to be able to buy houses with no money and have cheaper mortgages and a lot of people think that this is only for african-americans and hispanic but it's not it's actually for hispanic and african-american communities and this is a great opportunity for first-time buyers to purchase a home so if you want to learn more about how to buy a house with zero down payment read the description below and share this with your friends haven't heard of that one i didn't know that they had a gate into these communities i didn't know where they are mm-hmm. yeah I, I it drives me crazy when these big corporations sit there and do things and say things like this so they must have maps and like if you buy in this community yeah insult me a little more hey, remember
0: those remember those maps we saw in minneapolis about those communities that could have any of those types of people in there. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's the same thing. It's just opposite. It's just so dumb. I don't know why we have to do this stuff. So,
1: Yeah, it, it is. A, that's, uh, the same, it is interesting... that's the
2: same program we talked about with the lender like two months ago. Yeah. It, it's getting popular now. People are doing videos on it and everything.
1: Yeah. yeah no, I mean, I, I mean, if it, it I, I guess, I just don't know where, where is there a magazine somewhere we can go and find these neighborhoods or, you know, and it's like, and why does just those neighborhoods need help right now? The whole economy, the whole housing market right now could use inventory. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it just it blows my mind. But
0: but then again, know. Andy, the USDA loans are for certain communities as well. I mean, on the outlying areas to be able to, you know, encourage people uh to move out to move out of the what is it? The is it thirteen county metro area? Correct. It's actually no, it's not. It's really um because you I mean at the end of Jordan, I think Bell Plain is good. What up by you? I mean, well, and, you know, far it, out.
1: Dips, it dips into parts of like Zimmerman, Princeton, yeah. you know, Cambridge. It, it is there. It's just it's yeah. it, you, you can read it online. You can see where it is. But it's the idea is they want you to move out to a rural area to mm-hmm. basically help. I think it's the tax base where you're not producing anything there. They don't want you to have a pole barn. They won't finance a house with a pole barn. They want you to buy a residential property, like with one or two acres in the middle of nowhere. And then you become a taxpayer in that, that area to keep the tax base going. I believe, I don't know the exact like behind the rules, you know, but it's about the only thing I could make up in my head. That would make sense.
0: Well, I was going to say too, there's um, there, there must be a maximum loan amount as well. So that oh, yeah. means, so you, are you sure about that, that you can't have a pole barn or it's on an yeah. acre? Oh,
1: wow. Unless that just changed yeah, up until like last year. It was, you, the, the property could not have a barn on it.
0: Wow. I did not know that. Yep. Long... <laughs> Note to self. Thank goodness for Andy. Thank you, Andy.
1: The fine print reader here, I guess.
0: <laughs> okay. Is, okay. Really
1: not my thing. Okay. What else? I can't believe I have a fucking Academy Award, and I'm calling you back. Again and again and again, you cocksucker. Send me the
0: check.
2: <laughs> hey, Vince. It's Matt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. That um, was really out of line, and um, I didn't mean that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a little tired, man. And uh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that
0: there's something to say about that. I'll tell you. I've I'm seen- an Academy
1: Award winner, you blankety-blank. <laughs> Send me my check.
0: Yeah, I think that is the the thing, though. People, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people do live, live check to check, and, and, and they need that money. And uh, But on the other half, you got to kind of think about realtors as well. I mean, they don't get paid until everything's done. And then at the end, they get paid. Now, obviously, we get paid a percentage, and we probably get paid more um, because we're willing to wait and take that chance than we would if people were just kind of paying us up front. So,
1: well, but you know, like in good times, Chris, you and I that have been around this block a couple times, we, uh, you may have five, six closings on one month and the next month you don't have any. And so what you learn to do is put all your money into a pot, forget it's there. And then you pull a salary every month. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, you don't live and die per paycheck. Now that that's a, Something that takes dedication and focus to get to that point. Um, but just like any other business owner, that's what you eventually have to get your reserves up. And I think that's what a lot of agents lack is their first paycheck, they buy a BMW. Their second paycheck, they want to go buy a million dollar house. And then all of a sudden they start getting paychecks in and they're like, row, row, you know? Yeah. So. Oh, true.
2: Okay, this is a two part meme right here. So I'm going to show you the first one. When you're done with it, I'm going to show you the second one, then uh, respond.
0: In the real estate industry, 33 companies have laid off at least 50 people. 24 companies have laid off at least 100 people. 13 have laid off at least 250. Four companies have laid off at least 1,000 people. Winter's coming. Winter is here. Okay. You see Duma real estate posted. You bought, uh, bought, yours, bought yours in the last two years. Don't freak out. You're not playing roulette. Roulette. Real estate's about surviving short-term market conditions for long-term rewards. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's very, very true. And it's, I mean, it's what we were talking about from the beginning, which kind of got me all riled up and going. Um, it is. It I mean, not only did the market slow down, the interest rates went up, but winter, winter market, if you're in Minnesota, winter market's here. You know, but, and it's typically it's a lower market.
1: Let me re- just remind everybody this. In June, when rates jumped, the world was on fire. I mean, we'd list a house and go 50,000 over, seven offers. Those people are still there, Chris. They're still, a lot of them are still making the same paychecks they were making then. They're choosing to sit on the sidelines because rates went up. Oh my God, calm down. Rates went up and it cooled the market down. And it's like, holy crap. I mean, you look at these people that are out there, It it's it's not as bad, I mean, if rates drop back down to 3%, what would happen? Oh, my God, the market's great. Oh, look at – and then all the politicians take credit for it. it. It's like, okay, they went too fast, you know, too high, too fast, right? They, they more than doubled. Now, granted, historically, they're still at a historical fair rate, but it's like everybody that has a memory, which we all do, is looking back saying, hey, I, we're what happened to 3%? What do you mean 7%? And then now they're bragging on the news that hey they're back down in the sixes, and it's like that just it's, their payments are almost almost double for the same house. So a lot of those people that had these you know their jets and full throttle throttled back a little bit. So the demand um, on on some houses is less. But here's what's crazy, I'm telling you, when you read this, the the charts and this is what you have to do is look at the facts. Don't look at the the fluff. Look at the facts. There are still not enough houses for sale to fulfill all the people that need houses. Period. Mm -hmm. they're choosing not to buy. They're waiting for interest rates to come down. They're waiting for doomsday to kick in. And what's happening is like all this propaganda we've just talked about is all based on real estate agents and a lack of money management has nothing to do with the real estate industry. You know, like the actual houses that are selling, right. It's all about mismanagement of our funds, if you will, you know, which doesn't shock anybody. Yeah. (laughs)
0: You know, and I I think in a way, I mean, I I look at Twitter and now Amazon and they're laying off tons of people. Hey, maybe there's a lot of other jobs out there that need to be taken. Maybe this is a way in which to do it. But I think people are going to have to get used to. They're not going to get paid the same as what they were for sitting around and doing nothing in their basement. You know, Um, it's just not going to it's not going to happen. You got to get out there and work again.
1: So how many how many of these restaurants are going to have to close before people realize, oh, my God. You know the 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 eighteen dollar cheeseburgers aren't aren't a hot ticket, you know. It's, but it's it's people's lifestyles have gotten accustomed to it. You know, we used to be able to afford it. It was very not a big deal to go out once. I mean, when I was a kid, we were lucky if we get pizza on Friday nights, brought in from Little Caesars or the local pizza shop, and that was a treat for us. We never went out to eat. I mean, I mean, honestly, and nowadays families go out to eat three, four, five times a week sometimes, and it's like it's just. And your, your,
0: your parents weren't realtors. We went to Mr. Steak almost every night. We'd go there and we had it all, it was all set up. And I don't know if we got like kids' meals were super just like nothing or something, but we were always on the run. And Mr. Steak was was our spot.
1: That's awesome. Do you remember Mr. Mr. Steak? Mr. Steak in Brooklyn Park Did you? for years? Yeah. And then they yeah. uh turned it into blondies. And then that uh I remember disappeared somehow, but
0: yeah. Have you seen up in your area restaurants closing down? No, down? no. You see them less hours so?
1: Yeah, you. Well, yes. There, there was, a, and I remember in Alexandria, I, I more than one time got frustrated with Dairy Queen because I would literally like I'm a good boy. I'm I go fishing all day long. I'm drinking my my little Lacroix waters. Everybody else is having a party. And I'm like, you know what? I've been a good guy today. I'm gonna go buy myself a little a little ice cream treat. And I jump in the old truck after the pontoon sunset cruise. It's, it's about nine, nine 30. And I go, okay, they're open till 10. So it's a 20 minute ride. I got a half hour. I drive over there, follow the rules. Sometimes I have a couple kids come with me because I'm that guy. I like to buy my ice cream and we get to the old Dairy Queen and by God, they closed at eight. I'm like, in the middle of the summer, you're closing at eight at night. And they say, we don't have employees. I go, but you did to get you to eight o'clock. Why wouldn't you stay open until 10? So then I go to the other Dairy Queen on the other side of town that doesn't open up until like 2 30 in the afternoon. They got their heads on straight. They actually don't open for lunch. They they do the you know early afternoon to eat late evening till 10 o'clock. And then they'll stay open. They don't shut the sign off on you when you're sitting in the drive-thru. Like some of these places will. They're like, hey, man, we're we're worn out. We've worked four hours. Um, lights out, and they'll shut it off. And you're like, you gotta be kidding me. It, that, that's socialism, man. That's like you go to I've heard that happens like in New Zealand. Like it'll be t shirt shopping after dinner and all the t shirt shops are like, get out, we're closing, it's eight o'clock. And they in I had a buddy that visited over there and they literally will kick a paying customer, they'll kick out of their store because it doesn't matter anyway. Taxes are so high if we get it to a certain point, it's not worth collecting it anyway. So they kick everybody out of their stores. Wow, kind of that speak- was a lot. So yeah,
2: speaking about this and we were talking about like all the, the clickbait and everyone, the dooms and the quick memes and this video, this next one, and maybe we should start doing some of this content. This is, this got about a million views and it's quite easy to do. It's a real estate agent here. And, uh,
1: That's it. I officially it. I, I think I offic- officially is it today? I'm gonna to mark in my books that I hate our industry.
0: <laughs> hey, we could make we could just make fun of it, Andy.
1: I uh, man, that would be kind of that's cool. what America wants and to get a million views.
2: Well, Andy, you were just talking about like, no one wants to work, you know, they're shutting down, but this is quick content, five seconds, boom, boom, boom. That's true. You're right. It's kind
0: of where we're headed. No one wants to listen to Andy's analogies or do they want to just hear Andy's analogies? Which Wait, you don't want to listen to two
1: middle-aged guys talk for an hour about real business? Uh, Exactly. I know. I don't know. What's wrong with people? Shocker. Where's the alarm? Beep, beep.
0: Maybe we have to talk about Dairy Queen more often.
1: Hey, uh, should be a great sponsor of the show. True. No, it you know, uh, it, is, it is like a little hug every scoop, you know, but. Come on. I think I, have, I think I have
0: some ideas. Nothing? No, I think I have some ideas. I really do.
2: Good. Well, until then, let's keep helping people. So here's someone that needs some help from Reddit. And uh, it's kind of long, but here's the story.
0: Oh, boy. All right. My mom, my grandma passed. Uh, she put in her will for me to do her eulogy before doing so. Because of this, my grandfather has given me first dibs on her land because he feels she obviously trusted me over my 40 or so cousins. So he's offering me 13 acres in Alabama for 2,500 an acre. Has has road access and already uh, had a home with everything hooked up to it. At one point, right now, it's covered with timber that he says it's ready to be cut. To complicate matters, a local real estate tycoon from the area caught wind of the land potentially going up for sale. People watch obituaries just so you know, and offered to drive to my grand offered to drive to my grandfather a few states away this very weekend to pay cash for the acres straight up. When I told my brother. He asked if he could go in half with me. All this makes it I think it's a worthy investment, even though I live a few states away. I have the money ready to go, but can't decide. Do you think it's a worthy long-term investment? 100%. But just get ready for the backlash from uh, brothers, cousins, uncles, aunts, grandchildren, and everybody else. Because what you got it, that, no one else did.
1: That, well, but you know what? Boohoo. Then you maybe should have took care of your grandma. Yeah, right, I mean, I mean no offense. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be a jerk, but that that grandmother had the ability to choose what she wanted to do, and she rewarded those that rewarded her, and and I don't blame her. I think Actually, that's okay. she didn't.
0: She picked him to do the eulogy, but she never said to sell him the acreage. The oh, grandpa felt that, so ah, the grandpa might take. Well, that hey out.
1: Chris, um, just so you know, if you do the math, I did the old calculator here. Oh, good. It was $32,500. It's Ooh. Like I mean, the timber is probably worth more than that. On 13 acres, you could probably pull a couple thousand an acre or more just off the timber, if it's good timber. So, you know.
0: so to me, then, if it's only $32,500, why would you want to? Because it doesn't matter what the amount of money is. It's that you got it and they didn't. And when that happens, it's just not worth it. I mean, for 32000
1: $800, what is it, $800 per kid? something like that if you if you split it up amongst everybody
0: take the cash deal from someone else try to list it make more and give it to grandpa and let him ex- enjoy his life that's what i said
1: you're a, you're a good kid i think i'm gonna put you in my will
0: i know money does not money does not drive me mr prasky huh
2: <laughs> what, what about keeping like your land in the family instead of just selling out to some real estate type yeah group? i mean isn't that important too
1: well it's 13 acres i mean if i bought it I'd, I'd build on it and probably live on it if it's you know assuming it's buildable you know, i think that's a great half idea half
0: i think that's a great idea to tell the tell them hey let's just keep it for our whole family let's all pitch in it's somewhere to go and remember and put up a tree house
1: after I clear cut it, we'll plant a tree for grandma. Yeah. Um you can all come water.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can probably hey. get enough you gotta go that little potlash family up in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah the, the last thing was potlash. Yeah. Add another thirteen acres on that two hundred and eighty-six thousand.
1: Now that would be an inheritance that would be worth fighting for.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Forget your cousins then. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You, have you guys
2: dealt with that, though, especially with the, all the development in the last 20, 30 years, all the farmland, people going crazy at each other?
0: Oh, God, It's not yeah. worth it. Not worth it. I've talked to people after it's been done for a while. It's not worth it. Some kid gets I, more I, than the other kid. It's just not worth it.
1: We used to get a lot of referrals off the, off the WCCO. We'd have a lot of people that would have estates, and they would call us and say, hey, how do we give this to our kids without paying taxes? Or how do we you know, live there forever, have a, you know, life estate, or how do we have, and so we used to have a lot of really good, you know, listeners back then that were great, and and Chris would just say, Andy, you help these people. Well, um, the people that we would help, I mean, there were times where there was four siblings that wanted to fight each other, and the one sibling would want to buy it and own it, the other three wanted to sell it for a profit, because they don't want it to sell cheap to the brother, and I mean, I had, I had one family had 12 kids, and it got to the point of where I said, listen, when we have these meetings with literally 12 people, it's absolute chaos. They take six hours. You guys spend more time talking about the last Christmas you had fun together and you don't, you don't talk about the business. So I always say my best advice to uh, somebody that has a family with multiple kids and, and there's more than one inheritance is to literally vote in a representative that represents the group. And that representative um, has control, has the majority of, of, can make the decisions, can pull the trigger. And you literally go to the extent of where you give them signing power. where They can even hire the listing agent and communicate directly with them. Now, on the other hand, there's been I've seen where a lot of families are like, well, we just don't have anybody we can uh, assign. I've seen where the, the family of 12 had three people and then it was kind of a majority that they would have. But every situation I've always said, you know, to like the family estate planning, whatever, They, a lot of times will do more than one appraisal. Sometimes they'll do as many as three appraisals if it's a more significant property. And then they'll take the middle appraisal and they'll offer it to anybody in the family at that middle appraised price first. And before they get anybody else involved and that's the fairest way to do it. And then, you know, the brother that's been, always been the screw up and he's finally getting on his feet, but he's doesn't have good credit. They want to buy it, but they can't, right? And, and, And owning with 12 other people, Chris, you know how this works. You all inherit that property together your credit's only as good as the worst credit on, on out of the group. So if, if one brother's filing bankruptcy and getting liens and judgments put against it because he's in trouble financially and you're an A paper cash only kind of person, that property can have a lot of issues. So you're better off to get rid of the property as fast as possible or protect it in some kind of a trust where the trust is encapsulated and, and you know, but but I'm telling you, then your kids, maybe you have it for another 20 years, but then your kids are gonna have kids and and then all of a sudden, there's another 40 people fighting over the same thing. So it's like you kind of got to decide. You know, is it better off just like you said, Chris, to sell it? You know, cut bait and leave, and give everybody their inheritance off of it, and and have one last big, you know, family reunion out at the at the lake, and then sell it, or or what? But
0: I think what would be a really smart thing is for um, elderly people to talk to their to the people that are going to inherit it and come up with a plan before they pass away. Uh, put that in writing and then do it because there's another weird thing. It's not always brother and sister that's fighting over it. It's spouses that become involved in stuff that, you know, not even related to them, but become a problem. And so I think it's just, it's really easy. I mean, after all of the ones that I've done, I've done a lot. Yeah. Um, it's, the, it's the way that works out the best. It's just talk about it, come up with a plan, whatever it is, and then and go.
1: You know. Well, and you know, it, it's amazing to me how many times I've had where the, it's a $400,000 property value and everybody wants it, but nobody wants to pay for it. So, you know what I mean? And it's kind of funny because they, what you don't realize is like when you pay 400, but there's four other people, you get your share of that back. So it's almost like you're getting it at a discount. You're getting, you know, if there's a $400,000 property four people, you're actually going to pay 300,000 for that property in theory. And so you are, you're you're borrowing it at a discount. And then, you know, if that's even at a very fair price and you live there, own it for five, six years, you sell it, the appreciation's all yours. Your brothers and sisters or whoever are all out of it now. And yeah. so it, it is a very interesting, um, you know, situation to be in for sure.
2: Let's uh, do something different. We do list this home. How about we list foreclosures? Oh, that's kind of interesting. How would you sell these? I see a couple here in Minnesota. Um, let me pop this thing up. I right, who wants to go first? Andy. Sure. Let's go. Oh, yes. yeah. okay. I'll give you one right down here. Ooh. Inver.
1: Well nice. Looks like a little is that a townhouse or is that a single family?
0: Looks like a townhouse condo. Yep.
1: Okay. And you and you know this is a foreclosure you said?
2: Yep. This is on Zillow Foreclosures, Minnesota.
1: Okay. So you know, here's an opportunity to uh put yourself into a a newer house in a nice area, great schools. Um, you know, you're in an association, so you can have the busy lifestyle and 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 not have to deal with all of the the maintenance and things that come with owning a home. And usually a foreclosure will represent a very fair price. Um, looks like it's already been cleaned and it's ready for you to move in. And uh, looks like it's right about at market value, which is great because that's what people are offering right now. And um, so you're not overpaying. Um, there you go. So make sure to buy title insurance. Andy, isn't
0: that interesting that, uh, a foreclosure has like appliances and lighting fixtures
1: and everything. Right, so now commercial over. Banks aren't selling anything at a loss anymore, guys. Foreclosures mean you're gonna pay full retail. So the banks go in and they actually renovate the houses that they do get back. And they like, they know there's money to be made. So they've learned that lesson that they don't liquidate. So what we learned in the old days is that, hey, foreclosure, just like the dog when the dinner bell rings and they run for the, you know, so everybody runs for these foreclosures, but they're not deals anymore. Where they're deals is when you're buying them before they're foreclosed on. So you're buying the bank notes. That's the new you know, thing to do. And you buy the bank notes and you buy those at a discount. So, but what's interesting is, is that that bank has already started the process, but it costs forty dollars to $50,000 sometimes in legal fees to truly evict and kick somebody out of that house and do that whole process. So the money that you're saving, I don't know if you're saving anything.
0: yeah.
2: Who do they pay the like who handles that um, rehab? Like who, who pays the contractors? Who does all that job? They have good bank. people that do that to flip it? The bank does. I mean,
1: you got to remember though, There's, there still is, you know, like disproportionately a, a very, very, very small amount of foreclosures.
2: What okay, so mean? they hire guys like Andy?
0: Yeah, that's oh, yeah. what Andy used to. I mean, when he'd get all those foreclosures, he'd be okay. responsible to get all that work uh, ready and done.
1: There, there were like, um, so yes, different banks would have, you know, um, us actually as a real estate agent, they give us the listing, but they also had us as a project manager controlling the clean out, the eviction, they, if there's police involved or whatever. And it was a very uh, drawn out, lengthy process to to make a commission, but it was better than nothing. Well, had and, to,
0: you had to pay for it too, right?
1: Oh yeah. I was, I was, bang, I was, at one time I laughed because I remember Garth, I, I uh, Garth Johnson, we were in studio together. And I said, God, I'm paying the utility bills on like 50 properties right now. So great, 50 listings, right? Yay. And Garth comes in and goes, I'm paying it on yeah. yeah. 600. <laughs> I was like, oh my golly. Before and it even go- goes to
0: the market, you have all these things sitting out there before it even gets to the market that you're watching and paying for and, and taking care of. Now you're getting reimbursed, but I mean, you have to have a lot of money to be able to handle that.
1: Hey, they're, they're still rolling. You're 60, 70, $80,000 a month worth of utilities. And what's crazy too, Chris, is this utilities are the individual, not the actual property. So let's say that for I, I sat there for years trying to clean up all these utility bills where they'd keep sending me a $13 bill and I'd send them a $13 check and they'd say, Well, you still owe us another dollar, and then you don't even turn that in because you're like, I'm not gonna turn that into expenses. I'll just I'll just pay it, whatever. And all of a sudden you're going, that's hundreds of dollars a month for years catching up on all these utility bills. It's so now I, I believe most of the banks they used to have national contracting companies too, that they would work with where that the, the contractor would come in, perform the work, do the cleanouts, do everything. And then they would assign the agent at the time of where it's ready to retail list it. Anyway.
2: Hi, Chris, you ready? So you're going to sell this foreclosure. We'll give you Burnsville.
1: Do not give him an easy one. You gave me South St. Paul for Christ's sakes. You need to put Inver- him up, like, put kill, him up you know, in
0: like... Invergrove Heights.
1: No, Cambridge or something.
0: Put me up in Ch- Champlin somewhere.
1: There's no foreclosures in Champlin. We don't allow it. I'll oh, Columbia
0: Heights. Way. Who wouldn't there want you know. Columbia Heights?
1: What a beautiful
0: area with this nice little two-bedroom, two-bath uh, walkout rambler ability to finish the basement and earn extra, even additional equity. Their loss is your gain. Get in there. What a great rental. I mean... Rentals are. Oh, look at that! I mean, just a little extra paint, um, maybe get uh, uh, a countertop there. Uh, well, you gave me a really doozy here, but here's here's a good example of a um, foreclosure that uh, needs a needs a little work. So, a handyman special. Let's do it. I mean, you take that. Uh, that must be in the basement. It says that the uh, the basement isn't finished, or maybe it is. It only says twelve hundred and forty square feet. Uh, yeah, that was a, uh, that's a, that's a good one. I think uh, investors get out there and look it at it and uh, you can even do a disco room right there. That, that red carpet,
1: Elvis, the Elvis
0: room that's in.
1: Can I, can I make a quick observation? I Looking at all the staining on the walls coming out of the vents and everything, I guarantee that's a smoker's house. You bet. And that whole house just stinks.
0: That might be a really good one to, Really, just take all the sheetrock, and everything down, and see if you can open it up and try to do something a little better.
1: We used to take those houses and we'd literally um, pull all the—they pull up all the carpet, they'd clean out the vents, and then they'd kills um, paint, you know, because it's oil-based, so it has a like a vapor barrier on it. And they would spray ceilings and walls and everything, and it still sometimes wouldn't take it out of there. It'd still be into the woodwork, and I mean, it's unbelievable. We'd spend seven, eight thousand dollars a house when somebody's a smoker in a house. Just And that was back, you know, in 2008, um, just to get rid of it. We'd also use um, ozone machines, which I know a lot of people don't recognize, but ozone machines work fantastic with smoke. Um, they come in there and it's kind of like a fumigation of a bug thing. And they just zap it with ozone. And um, these machines just basically kill the bacteria, I think, that causes the smells. And it's pretty cool. Is that just for wood
2: homes? Because, like, in Italy, you know, they built it with, you know, non-wood materials. And it doesn't, all these smokers, their places don't smell. Everyone smokes huh. inside in Italy.
1: I have no idea. Plaster, maybe, and maybe it's. The Plaster same. versus sheetrock, right? Yeah. They don't usually
0: have carpet either. Do they, Dick? No,
2: not really. Yeah. Tile, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That carpet hole, it's just like hair. You know, you go to a Mexican restaurant you come home and you smell like you're at a Mexican restaurant or subway. Same thing. It's the same thing with smoke. Carpet, hair, whatever you want to
2: call it. Yeah. All yeah. right, uh, last thing here, we got someone that kind of wants to cut out the, the real estate agent. What would be your what? answer to this?
1: Okay. I'm working with a real estate
0: agent to prep my house. It's not listed, but my neighbor found out and wants to buy it off market. I found out he actually bid for the house when I bought it. So he's serious. Good for you. What do you to do with that person?
2: Yeah, what do you recommend? They, they ask, oh, the cut off. From which perspective? Here we go. Should I take this private and work with you?
0: keep my agent as part of the process. One hundred percent, keep your agent part of the process. Maybe just ask your agent if they would pay them the um, for that buyer, and they would just handle the listing part of it. I'm telling you. I mean, I was just watching a show last night on um, Netflix where these four people, Redfin CEO, a professional football player, these four investors. Are there and there people are coming in to try to sell their house? Every single one, every time they talk to that buyer, they said, Well, remember, you're not getting any commissions, so we should get it for less. That's exactly what everyone thinks is that if you just get them over that and say you have an agent, they don't even talk about that stuff anymore. Now you can probably get more than you would have because I mean the buyer wants to save the six percent. The seller wants to, you know, say, Hey, since I'm not paying a
1: commission, I'm gonna make more. It's it's a fight. It's so silly. No, I, I've even done that too, where I've just told people, I said, listen, I'm not even involved. All I'm doing is paperwork. I'll do it for 1% or a minimum of 1500 bucks. And uh, and I'll come out there and help write up the deal and, um you know, put everything together for you. And, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, because I'm not doing marketing. I'm not, you know, you know, dipping into my expertise to help you sell the property. I understand. I don't need to give you all of my facility, you know, full uh, plethora of business. And so I, I do deals all the time from an admin level.
2: Don't cut the agent out. Well,
1: Do I nothing. wouldn't, but I mean, you know, like, like Chris is saying, I mean, it just, it, this is where I always tell people, you got to remember karma's, I think a real thing. If you're using somebody like, like when people would refi years ago, they'd, Oh, call a real estate agent. The banks would tell them this and give us a rough estimate as to what you think your house is worth to see if we can get rid of your mortgage insurance and we can refi your house. And I'm like, those more those real estate agents do it for free because they're trying to earn your business. But at the end of the day, if you're really not using, I mean, throw them a hundred bucks and just say, hey, I'm not ever going to use you. I'm just trying to refine my house. Here's a hundred dollar gift card to Target. Thanks for your time. Most agents would still do it just to, you know, get the opportunity to meet you and, and, uh, you know, uh, be their go-to. But on the other hand, it's like, I, I look at some of these people helping them prep their house, helping them do whatever, using all their expertise. That's where a good real estate agent would have done what first, Chris? Get it signed. Yeah, you yeah. would have signed an r- arrangement with them upfront, saying, "Hey, um, before I give you all of my expertise and all my resources, um, we're gonna we're gonna develop a relationship first and 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 define it up front.
2: Beautiful. All right, for all your loyal listeners, make sure to give us some likes or write us some reviews on iTunes, Spotify. We know you listen. But we we want to see it. Remember, we post three digestible clips each week on the Facebook and YouTube uh send us in your questions and we'll see you next week all right guys
1: see ya